You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good morning and welcome. A happy Sunday to you. Inside Twins coming to you live from our network headquarters here at Target Field. And it's a little bit of a different look than we've ever done before. Derek Falvey is our guest. He is in studio. We are joined for everyone all across our network. And also, we are joined online. Uh, as we did throughout the course of the offseason with Inside Twins. Everybody can get a look at the moving pictures, see the goofy way my headphones are stuck on my head here today to make sure this all works. And that's going to allow us to take live questions from people on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube throughout the course of our day. However, you're joining us across a variety of Twins social media platforms. And Derek, let's talk about baseball because we've got a lot of really good things to talk about baseball. The home opening series is two games deep. You're eight games into your season and we have to begin with the starting rotation. First and foremost, these guys were healthy and ready to roll from the drop in spring training. You went out, built out some depth with these veteran guys. You have to be pleased with where the, the rotation is. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I think that we're really excited about the start. Um, the, just the way the guys prepared, the way they all came in, how ready they were to go. I think that was just a big part of it, as you just mentioned. You know, And then the for each of them, developing something through the course of the offseason, getting better, developing extra secondary pitches, you know, ways of attacking hitters. I just feel like each of them have, have taken a real step forward for us. The way they've done that is, I think, a hot topic of conversation. Conversation. Sonny Gray changed how he worked out. Joe Ryan went to driveline. No, Griffin Jacks, not a rotation guy. He he and Caleb Theobar, likewise. Uh, you know, Tyler Malley worked on some things. When that happens, is that a discussion where you guys go to the player and say, we want you to go somewhere, we want you to do this? Do they come to you? How is that communication to make sure that everything is tracking with what they're hearing from the people they're working with and then what they're hearing inside their own organization? You know, it's probably a mix. Uh, in many cases, we have a plan for a player that we present somewhere during the course of the season, the offseason, going into the offseason. And what we have really done, I think, a really nice job of our staff has in the minor leagues and all the way through the big leagues is to get with these players and partner with them on that plan. Where are you going to be living? Well, what's your offseason look like? Do you have anything planned or travel? And sometimes we connect them with an outside facility to say, hey, we've trusted these guys before where they work. You mentioned driveline. There's been other facilities like Eric Cressy's place or other locations where you can go work and get a lot of the training that we would want you to, to have. Then our coaches can connect with those folks there. We can connect with you directly. We can sometimes get some of the data uh, from some of your bullpens and what you're working on to really assess how things are going. And it, it allows us to connect with those players in a different way than just, hey, we'll see you when you get back to Fort Myers next for, next February. Yeah, and allows us to show you the shirtless Griffin Jacks workout video here as he's uh, working at the, the driveline facility, Florida Baseball Ranch, another yep. one of those, and there are many of them. It would beg the question to a, a fan, I've had this asked of me, why isn't this being done in-house? Like, why did 
Joe Ryan have to go somewhere else to work on his leg? Well, I think we do both, right? And so for us, when we look at the minor leagues, I'll, I'll point out a guy who was up here last year pitching in AAA for us in Louis Varland. He went through all of this training and all of these camps in our minor league system. A lot of our young kids tend to spend more of the offseason in Fort Myers. I think some of the big league guys, just because as a function of where they live, sometimes are, are, are making some decisions based on that. They don't always live in the city that you're in during the offseason. They don't always go to necessarily Florida. So uh, for us, it's, it's just a partnership. We just want to know where the programming's best. Sometimes there are good ideas outside that we want to tap into and learn from. So we, we, we do a good job of, of maintaining those relationships, building those connections with those facilities. Rotation's been fantastic now, as is always the case with the bullpen. It's either too much work or not enough work. How much time and energy now do you have to put into making sure that a guy like Cole Sands has regular work and, and is available when you're going to need him? Because at some point, it's not going to be a seven-inning start, and you are going to need him. How do you balance all that out? Yeah, I think it, it's each individual player, much like we just talked about with the starters. Every guy has a pre- and post-game routine, whether they threw that day or not, and they amend it based on what they did from a volume standpoint for that day. So Cole has a has a clear plan as to how often he gets on the mound, how often he throws maybe a touch-and-field 10 to 12 pitches of full effort, even if he has to pitch that day. He knows that's part of the routine, and especially when he goes longer stretches where he hasn't done that, maybe he's doing a little bit more long toss. Maybe he's doing some post-game work that gets him a little more arm care. So these are all things that we have planned into the season and hopefully hopefully will help us over the course of the year. And obviously the, the pitching is designed and this is how you built this club to keep you in ball games. We'll score some runs late. We'll figure out how to win. Part of scoring runs late is depth and that's the word we keep coming back to is building out the depth. I, I think when we spoke in spring training, we felt there were more good baseball players 1 through 60 than had been in that room in a long, long time. Your bench to start the year has over 2,000 games of big league experience. Guys like Taylor, uh, Farmer, Solano. This is not an accident, correct? Yeah, no doubt. I and mean, we went into the offseason, obviously going through last year, performing the way we did for a good chunk of the season, having some real struggles down the stretch you know, with health and, and seeing what happens when your roster gets thin. You know, It was partly by design, partly because we thought this was a good team and we wanted to supplement it with really good players. We have guys on our bench that you just mentioned would be starting for a whole host of other clubs. And I think what you've seen already in our season with Kyle Farmer, with Donovan Solano, with these guys coming into games and getting huge hits for us and big opportunities so we told them that at the outset made sure that they knew that they were going to be a big part of this even if they weren't starting every game and and it's borne out that way everyone raves about the the chemistry in this group too the the just the overall aura when you walk in the room feels a little different you can try to plan that out but it doesn't always work i mean we've had clubhouses here in the last five years that honestly weren't a whole lot of fun to be walking around in even though you tried to bring in people you thought would fit do you just feel fortunate that this worked out, or do you give credit somewhere else to the type of players? Maybe that experience factor about having pros in the room. Yeah, no doubt. I think you learn the different dynamics in every room. And, and listen, this isn't all about everyone always liking each other every day. Mm-hmm. There are going to be hard moments through a season. There are going to be difficult conversations. There are going to be guys calling each other out, maybe behind the scenes to say, hey, I need a little b- bit more out of you. That's healthy. That's part of a good environment that's trying to win. And, and ultimately, it starts with guys like Carlos, like Byron, and like these lead players that are that are performing the way we know they can, they also are, are leading in the clubhouse. And I think that we are fortunate we have that kind of group. On that note, I just want to jump off here. It's one thing to get your, your superstars, and those guys are superstars, to, to do that. But superstars also exist in another plane. And sometimes, whether it's a guy that gets called up or is new to the organization, the superstars aren't the ones necessarily they're looking at because – they are superstars. So you need that sub layer of guys, kind of some of the folks 
we just talked about, right? No doubt. I think your your superstars and your premium players, they're going to be front-facing. They're going to have to face the, the music on a tough day, on a, on a good day, and they are, they're talking to the media. They're the guys setting that tone. But then it's the others who carry and understand that behind them. I saw Trevor Larnick this spring really step into a role where he was learning from some of those guys we just mentioned. You know, Now he's a young player who has transitioned, who has been in our minor league system. He knows some of these kids coming up. He can influence them. He already has a connection built. So if we do this right, we're doing it throughout our system. Uh, one question here before we go to our first break. Again, the show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. I was astonished when we were talking. This is start of year seven for you here. How are you better at your job now than you have been in the previous six years? Oh, gosh, I, I hope I'm getting better every year. I think if I'm not focused on trying to get better, like we're asking our players and not modeling that behavior, the leadership you know, piece that we just discussed, um, then I would say that the way I hope I'm better is I'm more – uh, that experience level for me over these years to learn some of the challenges, to be patient at the right times, but also to push and, and execute and push a guy a little bit more uh, on the front end if it, if, the, if it's needed in that moment. So I think it's really about the experience, about continuing to learn, about going through the, the lows and then getting to some of the highs and knowing how hard that is, making sure that we navigate that with our whole staff. And obviously it's been a wild seven years. We had the pandemic and different seasons yeah. and a lockout. Was there one particular experience that you've had that maybe you didn't expect in this role that has sharpened you and made you better? Oh, good goodness. I mean, you just mentioned a few of them. I think, you know, navigating through the, the 2020 COVID season, the rebound, no one had ever done that, right? And, and that was hard. Uh, coming out of the lockout, I think the experience I'm most proud of and what we were able to do was coming out of the lockout last year, knowing we had about a two and a half week sprint through free agency and, and building our team, the way we all executed and operated in a very unfamiliar environment. That's, that's a test of your group is, is whether or not you can do things that are hard, that you aren't prepared for, as well because no one's done it before and we were able to do that that's Derek Falvey he leads Twins baseball operations we're going to talk about some of the things going on in the game at large as the Twins are off to a good start as well as in the minor leagues we'll also take your questions and thoughts for Derek coming up the show is Inside Twins as we kick off a big Easter Sunday of baseball here at Target Field on your home for Twins baseball the show is Inside Twins Chris Atterbury alongside Derek Falvey in our network headquarters coming up at the Bottom of the hour, Mark Janowski will take over with our pregame lineup card. We've got our Memories of Mike, Mike Radcliffe segment today. Amanda Daly will join us. And then our game, the Twins try to sweep the Astros, something that hasn't happened in quite a while. We are joined by Derek Fowley. And Derek, I want to ask you the big new scoreboard. We've gotten to see all the bells and whistles the last couple of days. You research everything. Did you put a study together about whether that would change <laughs> flight patterns, how the ball bounced off the backstop with the new signs? Did you look into all that? Yeah, you know, on the sign, we felt like that that adjustment, while significant, and it's an amazing scoreboard, um, but just having already had it up there, thinking it would be the impact. I have wondered about that building over the left field wall <laughs> from time to time and how that will impact us. But, you know, we'll navigate. The park always changes. It ebbs and flows over the seasons, and I, I think wind patterns will be affected by any change over there. We saw the strikeout on the pitch clock yesterday. I believe it was a Abreu, and I wonder when you guys are digging through your information and you can split up sliders and sweepers, and now we, we parse it to the thinnest line, what do you do with a clock 
violation? Is there going to be some column where you're like, hey, this guy's really good at getting pitch clock strike threes, or does it count against a guy's total? Like, How, how do you look at that? It's a great question. Uh, it's something we actually have dug into more recently, thinking about that, just not realizing how, how many there might be over the course of a season. Um, you know, Certainly a pitch wasn't thrown, so you don't have any pitch data on, on whether or not that got a swing and miss or a strikeout. But uh, we'll navigate that as we go. I think um, you know, hopefully our guys continue to do a good job with that. I think we're run really on the low end of any type of violation. So I think our guys have figured out how to navigate it ourselves. Yeah, very low end. Uh, in terms of that, I feel like this window we're in right now, this very day, the baseball has a real opportunity. The WBC, for all of its difficulties, could not have scripted a better ending with the Otani versus Trout. Um, and the, the pitch clock and all the rule changes have been received beautifully, I think, across the board by everybody involved, fans, players, front offices. Uh, and I feel like there's this moment where baseball, which has taken its lumps, some of its own uh, inducing, has a chance to really seize the the day again with some fans right now. Do you agree with that? I totally agree, and I, I think everything you just mentioned, you felt the momentum building toward the season. You know, we had a, a normal off season, uh, the free agent period for us, just the excitement around specifically Twins baseball, building the team that we built, and then you have the WBC. You see the highlights of those players. You see the pace of this game. I think the pitch clock has been great for that. So I hope fans are, you know, those who are kind of on the fence about it, want to come back, see us, enjoy it. You know, we love this game. It's a fantastic game to watch. And now it's an even better game to watch in, with these new rules implemented. Yeah, we talk a lot about stars, too, and young stars, and more and more prospect towns now than ever before. It's easier to see players in the minor leagues as a casual fan. You don't have to wait for Baseball America to come out every couple oh, no. of weeks. I want to ask you about Cedar Rapids. Brian Dinkelman's infield, because I find myself checking the box scores every day. You've got Noah Miller. He's a 20-year-old, 36th overall pick, shortstop. You've got uh, uh, Jose Salas, acquired in the Pablo Lopez deal. I don't think he turns 20 till later this month. He is a live wire shortstop. Tanner Schobel, you drafted compensation B pick out of Virginia Tech, an old man at 21, also <laughs> shortstop, in quotes. How do you guys organizationally figure out how to play them all in enough different spots to, to figure out who's going to end up where? I think it's a, the reality is you're developing these players before the game starts, not even just during those nine innings. You really want them to get the at-bats, so all of that's the same. I think for us, if we have premium-type defenders, that guys that can play center field, shortstop, second base, can catch, play up the middle, those guys tend to find a way to matriculate to other positions in the big leagues over time. Uh, I think it's a good problem to have. You know, Ultimately, we'll get all of those guys' reps at those positions, probably Jose and, and Noah in particular, You know, in terms of most of the shortstop time, but I feel like... Like with the way our, we're structured through the minor leagues, that started with Royce and Austin Martin and other guys. We feel like premium players at the shortstop position are, are going to serve us well over the long term. Yeah, it's it's not as easy as just throwing them out there though. We saw that Marlins team; you got a bunch of really good yeah. major league players playing all over in different spots, and it's not as easy as a lot of guys make it look. I think you really have to prep that. I think you have to think about how you're working toward that because, like you said, it's not just easy to jump into the big league level and figure that out. I think the best teams have figured out how to work that into a player's overall re repertoire and ultimately something that we're going to do for our young guys too. Uh, when do we see Jorge Polanco? Jorge Blanco, he's on his rehab. He played yesterday. He's feeling good. He's kind of tracking in a good direction. We don't have a specific timeline on this because we want to kind of see how he's responding. And when you play those five innings the first game back, it's kind of think of it like spring training. Then you get a day off. Then you're back in. He hasn't had his spring training, so uh, we won't have hopefully the amount of time you know, that we would normally have in spring training to get him back. Hopefully a few a few weeks here that we get him back to full play. And when he's ready, he'll 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 be able to tell us. A difference maker for a no major question. league club, Alex Kirloff. Uh, 
little further away? Alex is a little behind that. You know, certainly just getting through his progression of hitting some of his live batting practice work and, and things that take him the next steps. So we don't have a specific timeline for him to enter into games. Hopefully he's not tracking too far, far behind Jorge. Are you worried about setbacks with Alex? Because I feel like there have been speed bumps already where we say, eh, he's okay, or Alex felt he was okay, and then he wasn't okay. Like how – how do you balance the caution necessary with uh, you know getting your foot on the throttle enough to keep the momentum? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult balance. You start with your medical information. You start with them evaluating it and saying, hey, if he's feeling some soreness, is this just soreness, You know, something that you have to work through, or is this something that we need to take a step back around to, to push him through? And then, obviously, we're working with Alex, see how comfortable he feels. You know, Is he ready to go? Is he ready to push through it? That's a, that's a complex equation, but I think it always starts with, are we putting the player in a position where they can be successful and, and in a healthy way? And if we're doing that, we're going to do that as often as possible. And, and hopefully he'll track backs here soon. That's the voice of Derek Falvey. We will take a break here on Inside Twins. We're brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We're going to jump in and take some of your questions for Derek Falvey when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based champion Team. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury alongside Derek Falvey. Kind of fun. We're all across our Treasure Island Baseball Network, but also uh, being streamed uh, via the various social media platforms. You're a big social media guy here, right? Right. What, what's your go-to? You Twitter guy? You Facebook guy? Snapchat guy? <laughs> I think I'm. I I go to whatever I need to do to follow our players. <laughs> so I've learned how to to get some of that in in each of those. I I personally don't tweet or <laughs> about that. That's going to be the next role. It's going to be baseball <laughs> analyst. You've got front office. You'll have a whole cluster of guys who just follow people on social media, right? Yeah. Well, I think you want to in the off season. You just showed it with Griffin Jackson and others. Mm -hmm. You get to see some some of what guys are doing their workouts. Uh, you, you learn a little bit more through social media. All right. Well, those are that's my hardest question I have for you. Let's look at some of the questions other people do. This is from Patrick. Uh, is there a time frame for Buck to play center field? Does he get DH all year? What What do we think? That's a, Patrick, I appreciate the question. It's definitely something we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, and thinking about. But really, through the through 
through the early portion of the season, and we mentioned it, you know, April we play a lot of games here at home. We're playing a lot of games in kind of the colder climates all the way through. Some of the things that you try and manage with health with, with Byron and with all players, it's been on our minds. We always know that Byron being in our lineup and performing the way we know he can perform is, is critical to us. So we'll build in over time. We don't have a specific time frame, but we have expected that for the month of April, the vast majority of the month of April, we're going to focus on DH time. It is so fun to talk to Byron now. He's, he's just grown up and matured, and, and I keep saying this on the air. We're awed by his physical abilities, but we don't talk enough about his mental approach to the game. I, I think he's such an intelligent player no in doubt. terms of how he goes about it, the details, and I love hearing that side of him come out now more and more as he talks about the game. Let's keep going on with some of our other questions. Uh, from Elaine, uh, this is a, a $64,000 question back when that was a lot of money. When will Max Kepler come back? We already talked about Polanco, but what's the story with Max? Yeah, so Max, we, we were taking him kind of day-to-day and going through. He has some soreness in his knee, a little bit of tendonitis. Um, and as he was running and as he was progressing, you know, he started to feel it. He felt it in Miami. So we gave him a few days, tried to treat it, get him there, uh, tested him with some running yesterday a little bit more aggressively, felt it a little bit on, on when he was decelerating some he felt and, and we collectively felt the best thing to do let's just try and get this thing right uh, and not chase it much like we have with other players in the past so we put him on the IL hopefully it's a minimum stint we were able to backdate a few days so uh, he can come off seven days as of yesterday uh, from, from yesterday all right we'll just keep an eye on that and again goes back to that great partnership with St. Paul that you could have Matt Walner here in 10 minutes uh, which not a lot of teams are able able to do all right this comes from Carolyn Jensen and or Joe Polad, how would you explain <laughs> what your role is and the impact you have on someone uh, in baseball? That's a good question. I would say in my role, I mean, all the roles I've had prior to were really working on executing and, and, and trying to dig in deep deep to the details and work on strategies. I still do some of that, but I would say the most important function of my role now is to lead our group, to put up the guardrails, to set the direction and set the course for our organization, but then empower everybody else beneath me to go do that work and to do the jobs. This is not about one person ever, not about the manager of the team, not about my role, not about one player. We know that. This is truly a team sport, and it's a team sport in the front office. My job is to set the culture, the vision, push people to to stretch to try things that are new to try th- things that are different and if i'm doing that well hopefully the rest of our group is performing yeah and the empowering thing sometimes is hard some people are so laser focused on their vision they don't trust others to enact it and that can lead to pileups no question uh, within those guardrails all right beast mode rocco love the picture here uh do you have any predictions on who will be this year's Twins All-Stars. Oh, man, I hope we have a lot of choices. We're recording this, too. Uh, <laughs> I hope we have a lot of choices. I, I'll take the guys right out the shoot here. You know, there's been so many guys that have gotten off to good starts on our pitching side, right? With a, really, you could pick any of those guys. I think the way Pablo's pitched you know, certainly has that opportunity here and hope he'll continue. You can't help but watch Duran toward the back end of a game and think, oh, he's going to be rolling with hopefully some really good numbers into the All-Star game. And really, any one of the guys we've talked about offensively, I think Trevor Larnick's gotten off to a great start. It's easy to look at Carlos and, and Byron and those and those guys to to lead you for sure but you could have a guy sneak into that that that's growing and developing and is a big part of our future over time yeah i love trevor lorne i've been bullish on him for a long time and it's fun to watch him he's got a different look to him uh, it was by design, trying to stay healthier, getting a little That's looser, fun. and he's still got that short, quick, dangerous swing. Appreciate all the questions. Uh, whether you joined us today on one of our various twin social media platforms uh, or whether you joined us listening on the radio as you're cruising around on this gorgeous Sunday across Twins territory, pleased to have everybody with us here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how uh, le- uh, memories are created and legends are made. All home Sundays, we're going to try to do this in studio, uh, and uh, and we'll hopefully be able to, to reach some other people in that fashion. And, of course, we're always 
across the airwaves. Derek, appreciate it. Let's see if we can't get the broom out today. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. Well, that's Derek Falvey. The pregame lineup card is next on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.